Welcome to Queer Talk, everybody. Today we are speaking to Goliath, who's not using his real name, about his experience with kidney failure and having to constantly undergo dialysis. Goliath, my man, welcome to Queer Talk, and thank you for granting us this interview on such a personal matter. Uh, thank you for having me. Oh. Can you briefly tell us about your background and the environment that you grew up in? Um, I grew up in Pretoria. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I grew up in the hood. Yeah. Um, uh, later moved on to the suburbs. I think that was like 2000, the year 2000 or so. Mm-hmm. Moved to the northern suburbs of Pretoria. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, lived there for most of my life until I got employment. Yeah, and I've been around the country, to be honest with you. So um, you've, you've been a nomad mm, around the country because of employment? Journeyman. I've been a journeyman. <laughs> that's what I call it. Because of employment, yeah. Um, lived in Durban, Pumalanga, Limpopo, Northern Cape, name it. Mm. i most probably lived there, yeah. Mm. Now, you've had kidney failure, which is a potentially fatal disease um, condition. Take me back to the day mm. that you went to hospital and found out that your kidneys were failing you. Yeah, you know, my story was very, it's very, actually, how can I put it? It's, it's very complex. Mm. Because it's, I didn't find out on the day that I went to hospital. That's the thing about it. Mm. It came as quite a surprise. And by that I mean, I think it was 2019, early 2019, I think around January, when I started, started getting, mm. getting rather quality, but not mm. sick. And by sickly, I mean I would be weak. I wasn't able to eat. I didn't have an appetite. I'd sleep a lot, but wake up mm. really tired. Mm. And I couldn't understand why, like what was going on with me. So I, I went to a doctor. I went to a general practitioner. Mm. He then misdiagnosed me. Unfortunately, I was misdiagnosed. Mm. By that, I mean, I was told that I have a blood infection. Mm. At that time, I was given basically your multivitamins, your iron, your supplements and whatnot. And they're like, Mm. no, here's an antibiotic. Here's supplements, rest before they go back to work on Monday. And yeah, I rested for those four days. So no appetite. So feeling very anemic. So had this funny smell. I had this, I, I don't know how to describe this. It, it smelled like, have you ever smelled handy, Andy? <laughs> mm. It felt like 
I had ammonia basically in my nose. Handy and was constantly in my nose. Mm. So you had and this constant understand. ammonia smell on that he couldn't pick up where it's coming from. I couldn't pick up for the life of me what it was. And since the doctor had told me no, it's it's a blood infection. I I took it as that because I remember they are like qualified to to mm. to diagnose. But who are you to question yeah, someone who's work. in the medical field? You understand what I mean by that? Mm. <laughs> so yeah, I went back to work on a Monday. Got to work. I was not getting any better. In fact, mm. I felt worse. <laughs> I felt worse, but I I just took it as ah man, it's just fatigue. Because I was in in the mining industry, and mm. you know the hours can be quite strenuous because you're on standby, and you know things mm. happen, like you get breakdowns and whatnot. Unplanned things happen where you just have to, obviously, because you signed a contract, dedicate your time to fixing that so production can move. Mm. So it was one of those things where, yeah, it was it was it was unexpected. Mm. So you you are in mining, and this is all happening in 2019. That's correct. before that misdiagnose, misdiagnosis um, in January of 2019, how, how long was it that you were sickly before you decided, you know what, this is getting to me now. Let me go see someone. I think it was a good two weeks. Hmm. It was a good two weeks or so. And the funny thing is that after the misdiagnosis, I think it took about two to three weeks. I can't remember correctly, but it took about two to three weeks for me to get a second opinion. Mm. So basically, because I was thinking this is work-related fatigue, and Mm. you know. mm. So here's the thing. Here's what I'm. Here's what I'm hearing from you. You're working in the mining industry. That means you are probably underground for most of the day. You are no, it, work- it was an it was an open cup month. So I was working on the surface. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um and then you are feeling sickly, you're saying, Okay, it's probably just work, I need to rest, I need to start eating better, stop drinking, this and that. And then you go to the doctor. And then he says, you've got a blood infection and he pumps you with multivitamins, antibiotics, and tells you to take it easy. That's exactly what happened. So, um, I mm-hmm. think, I'll go ahead. Okay, so, and then it takes you three weeks to get a second opinion because you didn't feel yeah. better. I, I was getting worse. Mm. Instead of even feeling better or getting some kind of relief, I was getting worse. Mm. 
So that's when I went and got a second opinion. And when I got the second opinion, I was like, look, I went to Dr. So-and-so. Mm. This is uh, what he gave me. I, I went to the medication. This is what he gave me. These are the symptoms that I'm feeling. And I'm not getting any better. So I'm not even sure if what I'm treating mm. is, is really what I, I, I have. And he was like, no, you know what? Let's rather be safe. Let's take your blood and take it to the lab. And I'll talk to you after two days mm. with the results. Needless to say, I went to work <laughs> because remember, I'm thinking, ah, this is just a result rest on the weekend. Went to mm. work. I, I remember that morning like it was, oh, that was one of the most horrible mornings I've ever had in my life. Because well, I remember, sorry? I'm listening to you. I was about to ask what happened. Uh, uh, so I got to work. Uh, we were in a morning meeting, our two box talk safety meetings, daily safety meetings. And after the meeting, I just went to the bathroom. And I passed out, basically. You were at work and you passed out? In the bathroom. Oh, in the bathroom at home? No, at work. At work, okay. Mm. Mm. And I think I passed out in there for a good hour or so before I was found. A whole hour in the it bathroom, was, and no one is, is 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 finding you. No one is entering the bathroom, so hence no one found you. So yeah, it was. <laughs> I just remember a colleague of mine just shaking me and asking me, "Are you okay?" No, man. This is now. This is getting serious. Mm. You need to take the seriously. You are sick. There is something terribly wrong. And I just said, it off, no, man, I'm just tired. I don't understand. I'm not eating well. Because um, at that time, I think I was only like consuming uh, macheu. Mm, mm. I couldn't even eat a proper meal. Like I cook, I couldn't eat, I'd buy takeaways, I couldn't eat, I had no desire to eat, even if I did grab something, the little bit that I consumed came out either or, <laughs> and by that I mean diarrhea, hmm. or I was vomiting. And this was like in less than 30 minutes, anything that I would consume or try to consume, I would vomit. Mm. So I was, yeah, I was always on energy drinks, 
because that's the only thing like liquids are the only thing that really helped mm. put it that way. so the only thing that you could um, hold down was just must have liquid. be in liquid form mm. Mm. so yeah um that day i remember i went to my manager and i was like look i can't i can't do we can't do this anymore and surprisingly he was like i can see that you are not yourself mm. and he was like you know what take a few days off you have enough energy take energy is maybe 21 days off and he's like you know what go for whatever uh, is going on with you out come back fresh rejuvenated i know it wasn't scheduled but i can see you are clearly not coping mm. so rather rather go because you are not helpful to me yourself or us so he's low key saying go cry at home and don't die here <laughs> <laughs> you can you could put it like that but i saw it as he cares enough to say listen production can wait take care of it you understand what i mean by that <laughs> i get you yeah i saw it as as someone who who cared enough to say listen i i can see that you haven't been coping and i can see that you are very sick go figure go figure out what what's wrong with you and and then come back to us as yourself the normal person we know you understand what i mean i hear so, you so yeah so i i did that and funny enough on my way back home i get a call from the doctor mm mm-hmm. who I went to the second opinion for and says, uh <laughs> I can't tell you this over the phone could you please kindly come in as soon as possible mm. this can't wait right there and then that's when I started panicking so this is you now driving to Pretoria from where you worked And no this can... is be driving from work mm-hmm. back to where i lived oh okay 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 yeah where i lived in the northern cape oh you were in the northern this cape is me okay. driving mm. Mm. i was currently in the northern cape remember pretoria is now home but i used to live there because of work okay i'm following so, you yes, this is me driving from the mine where i live mm. and i get that call and immediately i flip out because i can sense that there's something terribly wrong with me mm. and he has just confirmed my words mm. so i drive there get there um uh just yeah he tells me straight up like listen this is what's going on your creatinine levels your what what levels your you get what i mean all that dog mm. talk 
And I'm like, basically, what does this all mean? And they're like, uh, you could do the village. Shit. I'm like, okay. And I didn't understand the callosity of the situation at, the, at, the, at, that, at that point in time. At that moment, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh, oh okay. And okay, what must happen is like, no, the closest nephrologist that you can find from around here is in Bloomfontein, which is four hours away. Hmm. I'm like, yo, <laughs> okay four hours to bloom, six to Pretoria, I'd rather go home and be surrounded by my loved ones, my family, mm. my friends. So I actually pack a bag. Now remember I have 21 days leave. I pack a bag and I'm like, okay, I'll come back. Because I'm not understanding the color city as I think of the situation. Mm. So as tired as I am, as sickly as I am, I get in the car and drive six hours. Get here so, and I die. <laughs> I mean, I literally sleep. They wake me up. You know, you know, mom. Mom, mom is like, "Hey, yo, wake up! Hey, here's food. Here's what." Um, I'm literally like, can you just leave me to rest? And they're like, you've been resting. What is wrong? So can wait. Explain this when you got home, you didn't tell them what the doctor told you. No, I slept. <laughs> <laughs> when I got home, they they were at work. Okay. So and I didn't feel like it's something I could have told them over the phone. I know my mom, she would have, yo, panicked. Mm. <laughs> she would have, yo, she would have hit the roof. So I was like, no, I'll tell them when I get home. I get home, get work. So I get home and sleep. How old are you during this time? 2009, I am 29. Mm. No, 2019, sorry. 2019, you are 29. Yeah, okay. yes, I'm 29 at the time. I'm 29 at the time. So, so it was. You are 29 and you hear these words, Uti, your kidneys are failing you. Yes, you don't process it right at that moment and you don't understand the callosity of what the doctor told you. Mm-hmm. When it and finally it only... sank in, how did you feel? How were you mentally when it finally sank in to you, Uguti? <laughs> Damn. Yo, you don't understand because I still didn't understand when I got here. Do you understand what I mean by that? Mm. I was like, oh, I have a referral letter. I need to go to the neurologist. I'll see you tomorrow. Imagine, that's what I did as sickly mm. as I was, because I didn't understand at the time what kidney failure was. I did not, I had not met someone with it. I didn't know anyone who had it. I I had no experience of it. Mm. I didn't understand how, what, what impact it had. I was like, ah, 
I'll see him tomorrow because he wasn't available where I live. They said, no, go to town and you'll find him there. I'm like, ah, nah, when is he coming? They're like, tomorrow. I'm like, ah, I'll go, I'll come here tomorrow. It's fine. Hmm. And I come back, got home. This is now the next day. Hmm. Mom wakes me up. Like, uh uh-uh, you're not dying in my house. Because you could see now the situation is, is dire. She's like, you're not dying in my house? She packs up an overnight bag for me. She grabs her car key. She throws me in the car and she takes me to the emergency room. Because when you I were got constantly, there, constantly sleeping and mm, alarm bells were ringing in their heads now. Mm. And then when I got there, uh, you know the normal emergency procedure, they take your BP, your blood pressure, mm. your sugar, they ask you uh, what and what and what and what and what, all these medical questions that they ask you. And eventually, I'm like, no, I have a referral letter. And I give it to the doctor in the ER. When I gave that doctor, that doctor that letter, panic literally ensued. Mm. I think that's when it hit me. <laughs> like the staff, the nurses were running around, ECG scans, they were connecting, they were, I was being told I need to go to an operation immediately, they need to insert a temporary catheter, I need to start dialyze. I'm like, God, what is going on? Literally, they took my phone, my clothes, everything, and I was in ICU. Mm. So I think that's when it hit me. So you were on the brink of death, and you didn't know it. Yes. And it only hit you when you were forced to go to hospital by your mom. That, that, that's the only time it hit me. It did not register to me that I was that sick. Hmm. Now, Goliath, how do you experience the loss of kidney function, of function in your kidneys at the moment? Since then to now, how has it been? Like, honestly, it's been quite a journey. I will not lie. Mm. For me to get to the mindset that I am at right now has been a journey. It has been depressing. There have been times where I had asked myself, why me? Why this young? What did I do wrong? If only I had, if only I had, if only that doctor had picked it up earlier, if I had not been misdiagnosed, maybe I could have stopped it. Maybe if all these maybe were constantly in my head. And at the time, as I said, I was working at a mine. So obviously with my condition, 
one of the requirements of working at industrial places like mine mm. and being on site and whatnot is that you need to be declared fit. So you need medically. you needed to be medically fit for you to be able to work in the to do what I what mm. I know, what I've been doing my whole life. Mm. So needless to say, I was medically boarded, meaning uh, basically I could no longer work at the mine. So they, they gave me infanelosam, let me put it that way. Mm. And basically said, yeah, thanks for coming. Mm. And that was the end of basically my career. That was in so, 2019 still. This is this is in 2019, September East. Mm. When they reached that verdict because there were a couple of meetings that were were held to determine how can they go about this. Mm. And the only let me say the main reason because they could have put me in like HR or I don't know, something clerical or administrative. Mm. The main reason was that uh, when, it came to prox- when it came to proximity, I needed to be next to a dialysis center because I go to dialysis three and times in, a week. And in the, no- in the Northern Cape, the closest, the closest dialysis one. center was four hours away. No, the closest one, the closest dialysis center is in Kimberley now, oh, okay. which is now two hours, 50 minutes away from where I was. Mm. So meaning every second day, remember I go three times a week, every second day, I would have to drive two hours, 15 minutes, basically three hours, be on the machine, the dialysis machine, for four hours, come back again, another three hours. So basically you would have, for lack of a better word, wasted a day on the road. And this this is three days out of the five that I could have worked. Mm. So it was, it, it did not make neither financial sense. It did not make sense in the fact that I'm going to dialysis. I'm, they're basically playing with my blood, basically. They're mm. cleaning my blood, not playing with it. But obviously, you become, sometimes you become anemic, you become dizzy, you become nauseous. Mm. There are times where I, I literally, I can be good, and then I get sick, mm. especially after dialysis, after the sex, after the dialysis. So it, it was, it was impractical for me to do that. To, to continue to, to working. Try mm. and do that. Mm. Mm. So that's how we reached the conclusion that now, you know what, I'd rather be 
close to my family because that side I only had friends. Hmm. And yeah, you know, if you so what you might call but so here you are, twenty nine years old. You've just heard, or rather, it has just sunk in, Uti, that you your kidneys are failing, and you have to mm. live with dialysis three times a week. Mm. Mm. And then, September of the same year, you are medically boarded, meaning Guti, mm. the work that you have been doing for whatever number of years you suddenly cannot mm. do it anymore and they can't put mm. you in anywhere. How mm. are you processing all of this? What's your mental state then knowing all of this while all of this is happening? I, I was very depressed. I, I was in a state of major depression because it felt like you know when someone has someone someone has your life in your hand, mm. in their hand, I mean, sorry. And they just turn that hand around and just drop it. It felt like my life, as I knew it, was turned upside down. Everything that I thought I knew, everything that I thought I had worldly possession the mm. happiness that came with that uh, you know what i mean mm. everything was basically stripped and i was left to face myself basically because mm. my health was not cooperating <laughs> at all my finances was not cooperating I was worried. I was in utter panic. I'm like, I'm so young. There are still so many things I I want to I want to achieve in my life. How am I going to do this? How am I going to take a life? Am I really going back? You must remember, like for someone like me, I left home when I was, I think, nineteen. So for 19, I've been, from, from the age of 19, I've been independent. Mm. I've, uh, like, I've been independent for, the, at that time, so 10 years I had been independent. Mm. And now to think of going back to Avazan, your parents, and asking, and it, 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 it literally killed me to a point where not only now do they have to, for lack of a better word, take care of me physically, mm. but now I'm now becoming, let me call, let me call it a burden for lack of a better word, because I mean, I'm fascinated there's no income being generated anymore. So you are there. You are worried about your health. You're worried about your finances. You're worried about worried being about a burden to, to family. 
I was worried about everything. Literally everything stressed me out. I, for the life of me, it was not for the support structure that I have, Mm. for that family that I'm talking about, for the friends that I have, for, for, for the men upstairs, I doubt I would be here today. I would have found a way to take my own life. Mm. But because I had the structure and the support that I had, it, it, it stopped me from to, 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 to think about things like that. Mm. It cut that thought process out and they were like focused on getting better. Even though I knew the only way for me to get better is to get a donor. Mm. But they were like, you know what? You are so strong. The only thing that's wrong with you, the only, only thing is that your kidneys are functioning. And that's what that machine is for. Mm. So that does the function, you live your life. And I think that's what broke me out of that trust slowly but surely. Having to accept that you need this machine for you to live or rather feel normal again. That's the only thing. With with that machine, I live. That's the only with the machine, I live, meaning I can continue to live. I mustn't see it as a, a death sentence. Mm. I must see it as that machine is aiding me to live. So why not live? I am not dead. Mm. I am still kicking and breathing. The only difference is that my kidneys aren't functioning, but there's something that does, that, that, that plays that function for me. So why not continue living, live your best life? Mm. Now, and I think it's when I came to that realization that my mind shifted. You coming to this realization, Guti, there's a machine that is going to take the place of your kidneys. Um, and mm. you can still continue with your life. Mm. What limitations has kidney failure put on your life that most people just take for granted? Look, there are oh, there are so many limitations because I remember now the kidneys are connected to the heart. Mm. And this machine is sort of strenuous to your cardiovascular system as well, meaning your heart mm. also takes a little a, a toll from it. So I cannot exercise as a normal person. There are times things like hiking I can't mm. do. I get often get like back pain from out of nowhere that I can't even explain. I 
there's so many limitations. Um, I have a fistula in my left arm. I can't lift something that's heavy to this arm, otherwise the fistula would stop. And then yeah. they'll have no access. So it, it, it has quite a few limitations physically. Uh, not only talking physically, now it even limits a lot of food mm. that I used to enjoy that I can't. I can no longer enjoy. Like, for example, you I can't eat spinach because it's high in potassium. Mm. I can't have an orange. I can't have avocado. I have to avoid such things. I have to avoid avoid mangoes. I have to avoid bananas. I have to avoid oh, there's so many things that I have to avoid. I have so there's so much food that no, you can't eat that you used to enjoy, and it, that I used to enjoy, and it's mm. strenuous to your physically to your body. Now, I have to ask this: <laughs> mm. you're a young man, and Mm. I'm sure you were sexually active before. How has dating mm. been like since your diagnosis? Funny enough, that area has been, <laughs> I won't lie and say, it, it's been good. Mm. I will not lie. I can't lie and say it has been bad. It has actually been quite good. But, uh, okay, let me put it this way. When I first got diagnosed, I met, I mean, when I first got diagnosed, sorry, mm. uh, I met someone and mm-hmm. things were going good. But because I was in the space, in the headspace that I was in, I was not really ready. To accept them into your life because like that. Mm. I would literally bash the poor person because of the things I was going through emotionally, mm. mentally, physically. I, I, I took it out on that person mm. till I realized that listen, this is not fair. This is, it can't be fair. And I called it quick. Uh, but now, I think a year, a year and a few months back, I met someone. Mm. And it's actually, yeah, I, 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 found, I, I, found, I found the one. <laughs> mm. You're in a different yeah, mental space and yeah, you're, re- you're able to accept someone else into your life. It's, it's very easy for me now to, because this specific person that I'm referring to is very supportive as well mm. and understand my needs and understand that I somehow somewhat impaired to a certain limit and accept that and mm. respect that and is actually cognizant of that and, and very respectful of that. Even much so that I, I can be reminded hey, to take a tilt. Mm. No rest today. Let's not do anything. 
just rest. And it, it, it's very refreshing to find someone who understands and wants that to my fit condition isn't my condition isn't me. Mm. I might have a condition, yes, but I am still, I believe in funky, smart, fun individual. I'm mm. <laughs> um, still the same for like a better word, asshole that I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that it's in a different form. But mm. I'm still human, basically. And currently, how's your routine like? I mean, you used to go for dialysis three times a week. Do you still go for it three times a week? What's the routine like now? Uh, I still go to dialysis three times a week. Mm. The thing is, dialysis is strange because there are some people who to recover and by recover I don't mean like they gain the, the kidney function back. Okay. With the help of dialysis. And there are mm. some whose situation is dire, like mine, where dialysis is not helpful to regaining, but is rather for sustenance. Mm. And for me, because my my GFR, which is a percentile of the kidney that's working. Mm. Only 5% of my kidney function. So, so five, under so, 15. So your kidney percentage, how did you, how much is it? It's five, at 5%. So it's at 5% currently. Yeah. Hence your situation is in the red and you constantly need dialysis for you to be able mm. to live basically. Mm. Mm. Okay. But the funny thing is when I got there, when I got to the dialysis center, which I currently am at, mm. um, I, I found a few people, okay, a few youngsters did I say, around my age who one has been dialyzing since 2010. So this should be mm. the 11th year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. The other one has been there for like eight years. So it gave me kind of hope that, oh, okay. You're so not I alone. Can, you can live. Besides not being alone, I can. There's, there's a lifespan that I can live. I can actually live. Because I was thinking, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm dying. That's what I mean by that. You're knocking at death's door. <laughs> exactly. Whereas people have been dialing for 11 years and they're still alive and breathing and living. And they're still fine. So as long as you go to your dialysis, you, you meet the criteria that they want you to meet which is attending, which is the liquid intake. Mm. You need to reduce your liquid intake. You need to eat what they tell you, the, what to what the guidelines tell you to eat because potassium is bad for you and they can't get it out with that machine, which obviously it could be because 
remember your kidneys are natural so they can excrete things like your potassium and whatnot and your balance is, is okay for me it's different because it doesn't excrete that much potassium the machine does not excrete that much potassium hence i cannot consume that much potassium because it becomes poisonous to my body mm. so i have to watch things such as that uh what else consumption of alcohol is a no no they say every three days you can have a drink <laughs> but a drink <laughs> by the way but uh so I one not more it. than one not more than one a drink mm. so yeah it's a lifestyle change it's it's changed quite a lot of things in my life mm. i have to always be cognizant of the fact that i am still like a dialysis patient even when i'm out there at the groove or something which i really go but you know friends sometimes are like yo uh, you've been locked up for too long we haven't seen you in a while mm. come on come on come on you like ah, you end up giving in and you go because i'm still young as you say yeah. <laughs> so and i kind of abandon parts of my life so yeah even when i'm at the groove and such i have to be cognizant of the fact that yo listen you are a patient you need to take your pills at a certain time you need to watch your consumption of liquid mm. you need to watch what you eat yeah it's a lot it's a lot for it's, anyone it's a lot <laughs> because now as i told you that i go four times uh, i mean three times a day i mean not a day a week a week <laughs> so yeah i go three times a week remember now your your kidney is functioning 24/7 So and when you have to go, go three times, three a, week, times a week once a day for 4 hours for 4 hours mm. three times a week three times a week for 4 hours whereas your kidney as a normal person is functioning 24 24 so what's your mental state currently are you are you hopeful are you depressed is there sample of depression I'm very ambivalent like ambivalent to everything where are you mentally uh where I'm, uh, I am currently mentally I am I won't lie to you and say I am in a state of depression in a state of I am content mm. I am I am very content I'm grateful for what I have. I'm grateful for the life I have. I'm grateful for the people I that are in my life. I I am at peace. Let me put it that way. You're making the best of everything at, because yeah, you exactly. can't do anything else. Exactly. I am at peace with with the whole situation. 
and not to say I am not fighting it. <laughs> mm. By not fighting it, I mean, as you said, the age thing. I still mm. have a life to live. So uh, currently, I am on the waiting list for organ donation, but we all know how that goes. It's a mm. process and a half. But yeah, I'm on so, the list, but... Mm. So what's your expectation for the future? Because um, this condition that you have is potentially fatal. My expectation is to take care of myself for as long as I possibly can so I can live as long as I possibly can. Hopefully mm. get married. Oh. I want to be... <laughs> Uh, hopefully see a little bum, a few little bumbies running around my feet. Um, my expectation is just to live my best life with this condition. <laughs> now, we were I, a few months ago um, in a hard lockdown and COVID-19 was at its peak. Oh, How was your experience? I mean, you, I don't even know what I wanted to ask you, but how was your experience during that time when it we was were in hard lockdown and our movements were supposed to be restricted? It was literal hell. I was in a state of panic, I was scared of everything, even the people I live with, because they have to go to work. Mm. And I'm like, oh, Lord, what if I was paranoid, I was scared, I will not like to, because I'm thinking, oh, commodities, I have one of the biggest commodities. If I contact this thing, I, it's the end. I'm not mm. from Nassau. I was like, hey, you know what? This is this is hell. And now remember, in order for me to get my dialysis, I have to now go to the hospital as well. And I'm like, oh, the exposure I'm getting to this to this thing. Is this going to be the end of me? Is this how I die, basically? Mm. But luckily. The big man protected me through it all and he still continued to protect me. I didn't contract it, haven't contracted it. Yet. Let me mm. put it that way because it's not over. <laughs> mm. But yeah, can say so, that far, again. I, mm, <laughs> so, so far, he, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm safe. I've been safe. Although it was, it was a mental screw. <laughs> hmm. Mentally, it was, it was your. Imagine you as a normal person without any underlying conditions. Afraid. And then, exactly. Hmm. Comorbidities, I mean, commodities now I'm speaking. 
Crazy, let me go. Comorbidities. If you, as someone who doesn't have comorbidities, is contracting this and some are actually passing away of this, how much more do you think I am you must knowing my totally condition? I was freaked out. I was not even lying to you and say no. I most of the time I spent it indoors in mm. the house. I spent most of the time indoors. For now, a good two months, three months, there was a time. Mm, sorry. No, go, go on. on. Go and talk. No, it's fine. No, I said <laughs> for a good two or three months. There was a time where I, 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 I didn't even go out. I just went out to the hospital for my session, came back, and that was it. Yeah, that must have been very hard, hard on you. It was. Um, it was. Look, we've had a good session. We've had a good conversation. You've let us into your life. You've let us into your mind and your experience. Now, what is your message mm. of hope to anyone, queer or otherwise, that is battling with a life-threatening illness? To anyone who's battling with a life-threatening illness, I would say it is not the end. Narrate your story differently. Mm. Write it how you want to write it. It is still your life at the end of the day. Don't let your circumstance control your outcome. And yeah, that's what I would say. Mm. Yeah, me. What's now? <laughs> my man we're gonna have to wrap it up cut the short from being an asshole to being a person full of hope <laughs> <laughs> don't get um, it to I'm still the my ninja, you've been great. Thank you very much. Um, if people want, uh, I can't even say that. Can then, uh, yeah, you know what? Let's just wrap this yeah. up. <laughs> Let's just wrap this up because <laughs> people can't even get hold of you yeah, anyway. Man. Yeah, man. <laughs> My G, we'll talk I again. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for the platform. <laughs> Shout, Shout,